0: Welcome to the IC interviews. Today, my guest is Sir Martin Sorrell. Sir Martin founded WPP, the advertising agency giant, and left in 2018 as the longest serving chief executive of a FTSE 100 company. Now he chairs S4 Capital, a younger advertising company with a focus on data and content technology. We talk about his views on what an economic recovery might look like post-COVID, big tech, regulation, and more. First, what do you think is the impact of coronavirus on the economy at the moment? How do you think it's going to recover, if at all? What kind of shape do you think a recovery could be?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I tend to be more in the V-shaped school, but I, I, you know, people misinterpret that. I'm. A, I, I think if you're trying to build a business or lead a business, you, you know, there are lots of comparisons that people use: Shackleton, the explorer, Napoleon. But you know, both of them thought you what you you have to call it as it is warts and all um mm. but you have to give people a vision and a hope and so I, I think to some extent the reason i'm v-shaped is well two reasons one is more than 50 percent of our portfolio 53 percent, is uh, from tech companies who who are looking at at the sky rather than their boots meaning you know they're they're ex- still expansive and you know, they operate in an environment where even in covid um their revenues are you know flat or up as so being mm. down drastically i mean some of the agency analysts are forecasting the holding companies will be down 15 to 20% for dentsu and 20 to 25% for the rest and um you know when you look at the tech companies who we you know if you look at our share price performance we seem to follow the tech companies rather than the the holding companies. I mean, Jeffrey's issued a, a circular uh, just a couple of days ago um, where it was an interesting graph which compares us to Google and Facebook and Amazon. And we're much tight, more tightly correlated to them than we are to the advertising holding companies. We've gone up from when we relisted but effectively about 87.5p to 243 or whatever it is. And that holding companies have gone down by... Half in the case of Denso and WPB and Publicis and a third or forty percent in the case of Omnicom and IPG. So, so you know, we, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm more V-shaped. The other is, um, I I think the fiscal sti- well, there's a number of reasons. Fiscal stimulus has been huge. Nobody has calculated what it is as a proportion of worldwide GDP, but you hear, you know, the the Japanese this morning were we're going to pump another trillion dollars into the Japanese economy. The UK has pumped, certainly a trillion, maybe more. Uh, America, you know, Mnuchin, a, couple of, a week or so ago said, a week ago said, you know, we put three trillion in. Give me 14 days. And you know, when somebody asked him, he's going to put another trillion in or more. in, he's to give me 14 days to figure out what impact the first trillion is having. So the fiscal stimulus is huge. Now, it, it doesn't go on forever furloughs and support gets withdrawn but I think the fiscal stimulus has been pretty huge a lot of it will be saved but then it will be pumped into the economy will be spent and then the third thing is I think we underestimate it's not resilience but the ingenuity and intellectual firepower and financial firepower of a Bangalore or a San Paolo or a Silicon Valley or Silicon Fen, you know. I think there are eight vaccines that are being actively tested at the moment. Um, goodness knows how many therapies. And I just, I just think, you know, a lot of people sit there and say, "Well, it takes seven years or five years normally to produce a vaccine." I think we're being unnecessarily gloomy about it. And and then there's another point, a fourth point, which is this was a black swan. I mean, technically, it wasn't a black swan in in the tally sort of dictionary because it was a known unknown rather than an unknown unknown but you know basically people had forgotten about bill gates and trump's report on in 2018 on uh, pandemics spread by terrorists i mean that was the prime reason they were thinking about a pandemic and the british government forgot about their plan and the singaporeans took it and so when this came along everybody Overreacted, rightly. I'm not criticising it because one death is sufficient, let alone to 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 overegg it, and let alone 350,000 or whatever the body count is now. Uh, but you know, running through the whole policies that you see, whether it's governments, federal, state, businesses, they all overegg it because we were caught by surprise; we weren't prepared, and you know they're they're concerned about what people might think or worry about so governments fearing you know this government here I'm sure they're all terrified of the royal commission or the parliamentary investigation that be inevitably follow it'll report five years hence but you know and they they're always over egging it mm. so I, I i think you know the It's a harsh thing to say because, you know, I'm in the vulnerable group. I'm over 70 and therefore I have to be more, you know, I'm type 2 diabetic as well. So I have to be sort of careful. But my view is that we we took it too far for understandable reasons. I'm not criticising it. You know, I think the British government knew at the end of January, that there could be 300,000 to 500,000 deaths here that, you, you know, by a simple extrapolation of the mortality rate in China. They knew that. They took the view that herd, although they won't admit it, they took the view that herd immunity was the root. And around mid-March, somebody waltzed into the, you know, the, uh, the, com- the daily committee or cabinet and said, I've got a model here from Imperial or wherever it was, which shows that 200,000 people could die. And they panicked. Mm. That's, you know, I think if I'm being critical, because the Germans handled it much better. If I'm being critical, government reversed the policy. They won't admit it, but they did. And, And now, because Boris almost died, because Dominic Cummings, you know, had all the problems he had, it's natu- natural, naturally from a human point of view, to, to overdo it. Mm-hmm. So what do I think? I think um, Q2 is a bloodbath. I think Q3 will get relatively better. Q4 will get relatively better. And 2021, we may not be back to uh, you know where we were in 2019. I'm talking about Germany, I'm talking about S4, yeah. because S4 is doing very well, uh, relatively you know the good not good we 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 thought we we're going to be up 30% be budgeted 30% top line and it's only 19% but in 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 comparison to what everybody else is doing it's strong i've seen the april numbers um and they look you know better than anybody else so i i just feel you know i think for all those the other final thing is you have to pick the V, um, as we put it, and the the game, if that's the right way of putting it, is to pick those sectors that will be more V-shaped or U-shaped rather than L-shaped or Ws or chair shapes, you know, down and then, you know, ratchet down. So clearly, tech, healthcare, um, home entertainment and gaming, those areas are clearly V-shaped, maybe even more than that um u shaped might be some of the package goods categories although some of the package goods categories are doing very well p and g had a record first quarter you know record and mckisa you know if they've got cleaning products or detergent products they doing well um the the travel and leisure business uh, holiday, uh, hotel business you know that's probably l shaped or a very flat u or maybe you know we might be w shaped if we get secondary infections or reinfections. But you know, I'm I'm sort of sort of a bit bullish on that. I don't think we will to a significant degree because I think the tracking testing sort of uh, protocols are now very significant. But um but you know I think it, it's it's a shock to the system. But I think we will relatively recover in the Q3. I I mean use the word relatively this is not we're gonna be better than, than than we were and, and we were us i'm doing that generally and q4 and then into 2021 it gets better mm. um and this has been a terrible experience for everybody it will permanently change habits which we can discuss in my in my view um so we just have to get on with it
0: do you think that the media industry will kind of track that v-shape or do you think
1: i think the digital part of it will i think the analog one michael nathanson of nathanson uh Whatever they call themselves in, uh, in, in America. The, he was one of the best media analysts, wrote a note yesterday and, and, and said, you know, it's sort of U-shaped in his view. Depends mm. on how you draw the lines between his dots for each quarter because you, you could actually construct a V-shape from what he's saying. Mm. But um, what was really interesting was analogue was down 15% of whatever he had and digital was only down three. Mm. So the answer to your question is it's going to be much more V-shaped in the digital part of the industry. You know, the addressable market is about 550 to 600 billion going into COVID. So if if the media markets are down 10 or 15%, say it's 500 to 550. Last year, digital was about 245. I think digital will still grow this year overall. And we're forecasting it's going to go from 45% to fifty-seven and a half percent by twenty-two, and Michael Nathanson forecast it would be sixty-seven percent. I think it was by twenty-four. So the 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 down the downside for digital is less; the upside is greater. Because even in Q two, we're seeing switches from analog to digital media. So you, you have three you have three levels of effect. You're on consumers. Uh, we're shopping more online. 32% of American households are ordering groceries and essentials for the first time online. That's huge. Mm. Um, we're, we're shopping online. We're educating our kids online. The, the, the technology is not great and, and the, or as good as it should be. And the curricula are not as good, but they will be developed. So that will be fast. That's one of the ingenuity areas, right? Along with telemedicine and, and other, other areas. So, we're shopping online, we're educating online, and we're communicating like we are at the moment online. Mm. So, huge acceleration there. Alan Joke tells the story in China uh, during SARS when he was running, you know, with China. Chinese consumer came online in droves and they remained. You know, you set up your account, you're used to it, it gets delivered within two hours or 20 minutes. You know, you're going to do it. I mean, you know, I can order fish from here. Fresh fish, and it's here in 15 20
0: minutes.
1: Mm. I, I mean, it's incredible what you you know, and you never did that before. And you know, if I walked there, it would take me the whole process would take me an hour, right. It takes me two minutes. So, so, so that's one at consumer level, at the media level, uh, paper journalism taking another beating. You know, bizarre example is the Jewish Chronicle, but. You know, a lot of newspapers and magazines suspended their paper versions during COVID and I don't think we'll come back. They'll move tomorrow on digital. The streamers, Netflix and Disney Plus, you know, Disney Plus, 50 million consumers. You know, probably one of the most successful product launches of all time. Newspapers outdoor, interestingly, outdoor generally down, but if you look at the stats quick um, carefully, you see that uh, outdoor digital is still up, Q1, mm. and much more resilient. And then, you know, what else is going on in the media? I think that's probably oh free to air television under pressure from the streamers. And, you know, will the model continue to work? You know, audience is declining, audience is getting older. So it's ITV, you know, ITV will drop out of, looks as though it will drop out of the FTSE 100. Mm. Anyway, if I said to you, what's the market cap of? of ITV, you know, most people would say six, seven, eight billion. It's less than three billion. Mm-hmm. So, so and then, you know, look at Disney. Okay, Disney Plus is a plus. The theme parks, the cruises, and free-to-air around ABC, etc. cetera, is more prob- problematic. Um, so that's media. And then the third area, so you've got consumers, media. The third area is enterprise. Um, and where enterprises are run... And the enterprises I'm talking about are what I call the controlled, the uncontrolled listed companies. So these are the companies where there's a separation between ownership and control, where management doesn't have a big shell, like a WPP, where the board have nothing. And therefore, it's a job for the management. And McKinsey say that the average FTSE 100 or S&P 500 company lasts for about 17 years. And, you know, I think these companies, these uncontrolled listed companies after, after the great financial crisis of '08, when growth was steady, you know, it wasn't as good as before, ironically, despite the fiscal stimulus that we had in 2008 or 2009, it, growth has not been that great because inflation has been zero, mm-hmm. or even negative, and very little pricing power, therefore focus on costs. So if you're running one of those companies, And you're a CEO. On average, you lasted for five years. You would say, "Well, what can I do over the next five years?" Well, you know, I can increase my top line by two, three, or four percent, along with GDP. I can cut my costs a bit. I can buy back stock, and I can grow my EPS by naught to five or five to ten. And you know, that's a reasonable legacy. Mm. COVID nineteen, all bets are off. Q two is a bloodbath. All the status quo has gone the, the Apple cards have been upset, so we might as well get on with this digital transformation we hesitated to do before because it would cause so much disruption and I don't want to disturb the status quo. So I, I think I think that's going to be very powerful. Well, it is already. You see it, you see it already. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a, a dinner with 12 CMOs, CDOs, chief digital officers of American companies. We had a virtual dinner with them for an hour and a half, a couple of weeks ago. It was really interesting. All 12 of them said they were getting pressure from the C-suite transform digitally. One of them said, my I've scrapped my twenty twenty four marketing plan. It's now my twenty twenty one marketing plan. Wow. So, so I, I think you know big digital acceleration. I mean I'm talking my own book obviously, but I think you know if you test out the hypothesis of those three levels, you, you get data from companies that are saying that's what they're gonna do.
0: Mm. I mean it's it's very clearly like an incredible period of flux in the in the industry? I think from an investor's well, perspective. It, it
1: depends how you define the industry. I mean, I, you know, we're trying to create a new era, new age, tech led. I mean, I've amended mm-hmm. the definition to tech led. And that may sound trivial, but it's fundamental because when I look at the Jefferies circular, for example, it compares us to the, you know, our price, sh- share price performance, to Google, I mean, it's a fancy a comparison to Accenture, to Google, to Facebook, to Amazon, not to WPP publicism, mm. Because you actually look at the graph, you know, you try, I track it every day. We've just, you know, we are just completely broken away. Mm. We are evaluated in a total different way. So when you say the industry is stressed, I would say the analogue industry is stressed.
0: Mm. Sure.
1: And you can apply that hypothesis, Mm. you know those package goods companies or retailers you know walmart's numbers are good target's numbers are good why shopify is good why because you know i mean shopify is a different model to walmart because it's not physical it's it's online but walmart have a you know you you can go pick up stuff curbside you can order online but they modified their model Analog model to a digital to digital executions. Mm. We we in our industry, as you put it, you know we're purely digital and we're pretty well. We are unique in coverage, so it's very different
0: in terms of advertisers. Then I mean, from an investor's perspective, I mean, given all of this disruption, what what do you think separates the wheat from the chaff, as it were?
1: The rapidity and agility uh, in in embracing the the online models. I mean, it, it's clear if you look at L'Oreal or LVMH or Unilever or Procter and Gamble, you know, the package goods or, I mean, the healthcare businesses are a bit different because they've all, you know, COVID-19, it's a bad thing to say, but it plays into their wheelhouse or it's part of their wheelhouse. Um, If you look at retail, those companies that have adjusted, you know, Ulta Beauty, which was a, a retail phenomenon, because it had not adjusted its model sufficiently to online, has suffered mm. so the, the the from an investment thesis point of view it's a question of if you're looking if you're looking at pure tech companies fine you, you, have, you I mean difficult you have to make an evaluation of their tech they're there now in five years time they may not be there they may be disrupted or disintermediated just like today's analog companies are but basically it's those companies that have been most responsive mm. uh, you know and M has that really been as responsive as it should have been to online? The, the The answer is clear. I mean, what do they do in the end? They go to Okada.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I think from an investment point of view, um, you have to you have to look carefully at where companies have made the online adjustment because you know over that five fifty to six hundred billion. Of media spend or, 500 or 550 post COVID, you know at least half of it is is digital already. You, you know it will stop when it gets to a hundred percent, and you can argue that a lot more than forty five percent is digitally influenced already. But you know that there's a long way to go. You know if one third of U.S. households are trialing online groceries and essentials, that leaves two thirds. So. I just think, you know, from an investment point of view, that's a key determinant. The healthcare businesses have got to figure out, you know, their their sales forces, which used to visit hospitals, you know, have physical visits, are going to have to come up with a totally new way of engaging with doctors and hospitals. Telemedicine, you know, Doctor Google is going to become more and more important it was important before now you know, you know how, how many things do you you know everybody i know if they have something wrong with them what do they do do they ring their doctor or they, they google they google mm-hmm. uh, and so you know and with the developments in ai and voice it's going to become easier and easier so i think the investment pieces you know i, I I think it was Ray Dalio who said at the Allen Company Sun Valley Conference, it must have been four or five years ago. You know, if you take out tech and healthcare from the SP 500, you don't have much. Look at the last six months, or so not six months, last three months, two months. It's all tech and healthcare.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, today, last couple of days, we've seen some rotation out of growth and tech, like today on Wall Street, out of tech into the so-called value plays, but but you know I, I think the answer to your question is you you're going to be led still predominantly and it, it, you know I think there are other sectors like the gaming and home entertainment sector uh, where where they're going to benefit because if people are going to work more from home or spend more time at home. I mean obviously the real estate sectors are going to change. There are going to be some cities that will lose out, some cities. Smaller cities will benefit, rural, maybe suburban becomes more important. Travel, you know, less international travel, leisure travel, I would guess, more domestic. I was listening to Brian Chesky at Airbnb and you know he was saying, well, business travel is going to be affected. I will travel less, for example. I'll be more careful with allocation of my time. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: and and on leisure, I, I think I probably will travel closer to home. That might be domestically, or you know, more to Europe, rather than going to Asia. Or you know, I've got a home in South America. Will I still go there? Yes, because I love it. But but you know, I'll do it much more carefully. So I think all those sort of things are, are going to change. But from an investment point of view, you have to think you through the lens of technology. I would say technology and healthcare and home entertainment or gaming would be would, would be the areas.
0: I mean, for, for advertisers, do you think that the agency model was going to survive?
1: I, I don't, because I think that they You know, I, as I said, McKinsey reckoned that, you know, the average life of an S&P 500 company is 17 years. Mm. Um, WPP's been existent for 33 years. I think the model that we created, I mean, we created there and, and at Sarches before and that others have created Omnicom and IPG are past their sell-by date mm. and and not a fit for purpose. You know, we have four basic principles. Purely digital, because that's where the growth is. That holy trinity model of first-party data driving the production or creation of, of content and programmatic. Faster, better, cheaper. First, faster means agility, better means understanding, Eighteen 18 companies in the digital ecosystem, which I can run through if you want. And then Cheaper means um, efficiency, not ZBB so much anymore, but efficiency. And then the final point is a unitary structure. You have to create one firm. Mm. You can't have um, firms that compete against one another. That was the old, what I call PMG Unilever detergent model. You know, you'd have different brands. If they cannibalise one another, it wasn't a problem because you were going for market share. That's gone. So WPP, yeah, you know, I, I obviously have an emotional. Um, view of it or an emotional lens. I think the management don't know what they're doing. To put it very simply, they're building cost at the centre, whilst they're you know in areas like new business, IT, and human resources, and they're duplicating what's done in the individual brands, and they're creating more verticals. Mm. They should be, I know they don't like to use the word horizontality. They should be increasingly making the company one firm. Now, when you do that. You know, when you make an omelette, you you break eggs, and so it causes problems. You know, publicists probably have the right strategy, but the execution is terrible. So my view is they're probably too unwieldy now. They're too traditionally orientated. Coming back to what we were talking about, they've got too much of the analog part of them. So the the only route out for them is breakup uh, or private you know private equity privatizes it and dismembers it. I don't. I don't think they can work. They're not fit for purpose. They're probably, It's probably too difficult to do.
0: Um, let's let's talk about big tech. I know that we touched on it briefly. Yeah. They've obviously proven to be remarkably resilient um, over the past couple of months. Do you think that this upward trajectory is just going to continue, or indeed, do you yeah. think it will be allowed to be continued?
1: The strong. Well, that's another question. The, I mean, it, will it continue? Yes. The strong will get stronger. You know, you see Amazon. 25% up in the Q1, four billion of excess profit being dunked into development projects, hiring 175,000 people. You know, at a time when you have know, 36 million people out of, out of jobs in the U.S., uh, putting a billion dollars into creating a COVID-19 sort of uh, testing tracking set of devices, which they can. You know, once they've implemented inside Amazon, they can license the software outside so they created a new revenue stream so very astute why is he doing that well first first personally i think there is a genuine motive to make the world a better place in a very at a very difficult time but it's also because it's an instinct of self-preservation because it is likely that the regulatory you know when when companies hit 1 trillion i remember Lloyd Blankfein i think it was when apple hit 1 trillion was the first one Lloyd Blankfein was asked what what happens when Company reaches two trillion, mm-hmm. and I, I think he was so reputed to say, "Well, no company will reach two trillion because no nation state would let them do that." Now, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think Amazon will hit true two trillion. That would be my bet. They may do, do it by AWS and healthcare developments and all sorts of things, but they'll I think we will get there, and they'll be the first. I think Saudi Aramco did hit two trillion, but not anymore. Mm. Um, So I think inevitably and Google and Facebook will get stronger. They may have um, some interim bumpiness because 60 to 70 percent of their revenues Amazon, Facebook, uh, Google, Alibaba, Jack Ma talks about this all the time. It's the home of the the small and medium-sized Chinese enterprise. Because they have small businesses that advertise on their platforms they're obviously going to be liquidated and bankruptcies and they're going to be problems. So there may be some short-term turbulence around that set segment of the economy. Mm. But longer term, yes, I mean, Google's decision on third-party cookies to remove third-party cookies, third-party cookies in two years, Apple's move to do it immediately on their hardware, means that clients are going to be forced back to Google. Mm-hmm it's purportedly to solve, solve the privatization issue or the privacy issue, but they're going to be forced back now. So that's one thing. So they will get stronger. The second question that you're asking is what about regulation? Well, I, I, I do think there will be attempts at further regulation. You're already seeing it in America. You're seeing it with Vestiga. Vestiger's brief as uh, we were having a conversation with the World Federation of Advertisers yesterday. And they pointed out that her brief um, as competition commissioner is far wider than it was before. And that you know she she will have a sort of missionary zeal to do something about this. But be careful what you wish for, because GDPR has done nothing Mm. to reduce the power. In fact it's enhanced their power because many small and medium sized companies that were going to come into the European market, for example, said no. It's too bureaucratic, it's too difficult, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, aren't you, and there's six platforms, you know, TikTok, I saw a graph, they're, they're increasing users in the US in 2019, I think it was, Kaifu fu Lee had, a, had the graph this morning on a webinar, you know, it's growing faster than Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, they've got 7 billion in ad revenue, I mean, Google got 160 billion, uh, Facebook about 65, Amazon 20, running at a rate of 15 to 20, and uh, and, and TikTok is now up at seven, ByteDance is up at 20. So, so And Kevin Mayer has gone, as you know, to, to TikTok and, and ByteDance. So I think those platforms will entrench. The only one that's made a breakthrough is TikTok. Uh, Snap is at about two billion, Pinterest a billion, Twitter, half a billion, I mean they're small in comparison. They're not insignificant, but they're small. Nobody's made the big breakthrough that TikTok is. So I I see those platforms, plus Microsoft, plus Apple, plus Adobe, I'll go through the companies that we, you know, we will look at Adobe, Salesforce, Oracle, IBM, SAP, Baidu, Bydance, I've mentioned, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, Snap, Samsung, Netflix, Spotify—that's that. Our job is to understand what those nineteen or so companies do mm. and make the budget decision, the planning decisions for our quantity, whether it's hardware or it's software uh, or its platforms. That's in essence what we're trying to do. And you know, there's a lot of meat on that bone. Um, but you know, I think I think the regulators will try. Scott Galloway thinks. You know, you could split up Amazon and AWS will end up being big, bigger than Amazon. Jack Ma is very interesting because he's he's got he's effectively got three businesses. He's got Alibaba, he's got the logistics platform, and he's got the financial Alibaba Finance, Ali Finance, whatever they call it. And he's really got three separate companies. Whereas whereas the Western companies have kept it all together. Mm. So you know, I would say the six, the big six which is Google, Facebook, Amazon, TikTok, Alibaba, and Tencent. Those are the big players.
0: I think we're kind of reaching our time. So thanks very much. Take care, Martin.
1: And thanks very much.